Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Title with Emercoast Title Services. I'm the president and your host, Dion Moniz, and this is our co-host, Director of Operations, Ashley Bowen. Hi, welcome. Good to be back. Yeah. Episode 20. Episode 20, first episode of 2022. That's right. Our podcast is almost of legal drinking age. One more month. One more month. <laughs> we'll have a big party uh, for episode 21. Um, so today, what we want, what we want to go over is um, we want to clarify or get into further depth on the new finance and contingency language in the FARBAR contract that became effective on November 1 of 21 and how it impacts a couple of the riders, uh, primarily the FHA VA rider and then the appraisal uh, rider. Okay, so first what I want to do is I just want to summarize the new appraisal contingency language just as an overall uh, summary so we have that foundation to make sure everyone understands and then we'll discuss the impact of the two riders. So again, as of November, November 1, 2021, they have now required that the appraisal be part of the loan approval period, which means the bank has to have the underwriting done, the appraisal has to be in, and the bank has to be ready to go on the loan by the loan approval period. And just so we clarify, um, the appraisal has to be in by a certain day, okay. But then it also has to go through underwriting and that typically takes three days. Yes. So, I mean, it's important to know appraisals are taking three weeks to get done, but they're also taking another week to be reviewed. Yeah, great point. So it's the default loan approval period in FARBAR is 30 days. So if the appraisal comes in on the 30th day, it's not gonna happen. No, even if it comes in on the 21st day, that's still only, you know, nine, days, seven business days to get the appraisal um, through underwriting. And we've just been seeing trouble with that lately. Yeah. And so what we've been recommending to agents since is, is now instead of the 30 day loan approval period, 45, 45, 45 is the new 30 for the loan <laughs> approval period, right? Uh, for the new financing contingency section. So that gives, because right now it's still a crazy market. The appraisers are still crazy busy. Still crazy busy. And we're seeing a lot of, I'm, I've been seeing lately a lot of discrepancies in the appraisals where there, there were problems with the appraisal or it didn't get appraised and then people are having to go and fight it. And so that's taking an additional two weeks, you yeah. know, probably. So you need that extra time. Mm -hmm. um, so again, if you're on the buyer side under the new Firebar contract, you've got that loan approval period to get all the underwriting done and for the bank to say you're good to go. If that doesn't happen or you're not gonna get that done in time, then you need to do one of three things. One is cancel the contract and get your EMD back. Two is say, all right, I'm not approved yet, but I'm confident I will be. I'm gonna proceed under the contract with the additional protections of the financing contingency, which I'll get into in a minute. But without that appraisal contingency, it right. doesn't include that anymore. Right. Or three, you go uh, forward on a cash basis where it becomes a, a transfers or um, uh, converts into a cash transaction. Or four, there's a fourth option. You can ask for a financing contingent, a financing extension. Yes, obviously. Yeah, if you can get the seller to agree to a fin uh, an extension on the on the loan approval period. That's, and if you that's... have because of the appraisal, because it's due in this many days, a lot of times sellers, hopefully, unless they have a bunch of backup offers. Um, will agree, you know, let's go five more days instead of restarting this entire process again with someone else for 45 days. Right, exactly. So that's a great point. So the first thing to do is obviously ask for an extension on the loan approval and do an addendum and document it for your contract. And then that'll buy the borrower, buyer, some more time to get that loan approval in. 
Um, but if the seller won't give that extension, make sure you do one of those three. If you don't give any notice at all by the, by the expiration of the loan approval period, that then opens up the three-day window for the seller to cancel the contract at seller's discretion. The EMD is refundable, but the seller still has the ability to cancel the contract and then move on to the next uh, potential buyer. So keep that in mind. And then obviously at the end of the three-day window, the seller doesn't do anything then the contract goes hard and both parties are locked in. And it's a cash transaction with no financing contingencies at that point. Correct, yes. If the buyer doesn't give any notice whatsoever and seller decides to move forward, it becomes a cash transaction. And so the importance for that is, uh, even though you no longer have the appraisal contingency as part of the financing contingency, before you had the loan approval period and it still gave the buyer an out if the appraisal came in and it didn't appraise properly. That's was one of the catch, catch-alls uh, in the later section of the financing uh, section, but they've deleted that now. So now the only way a buyer can still get out after the loan approval period expires is for property-related conditions required for the loan. and that's Which could include things like what? Stuff that comes up on a survey is kind of the most common thing. Okay. You know, boundary issues, mm -hmm. encroachments, stuff like that. Um, what about if you had um, like a unclear WDO and you were getting some repairs done and then you had a final inspection and after the time that you got the appraisal you were still waiting for that final like WDO inspection and it came back still dirty would that be considered like a property related condition that it couldn't be fixed until that was it couldn't be closed until that was fixed I think it could be I mean termite damage is, is property related condition mm -hmm. and obviously underwriters don't like termite damage and so that's going to trigger they repair requirements under the WDO repair limit in the contract. So, yeah, possible. But we're thinking most of that property-related condition is going to have to do with the survey. Yeah, that's going to be the most common. Okay. Um, and as they come up, we're always happy to, to field those questions. It, a lot of it is case-by-case -case basis, so it all depends on what the contract says. Which is why we read the contract every single time and we learn something new every yes, single time. Yes, exactly. All right, so um, so we went. We've gone over now the 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 um, summary of the financing contingency based on the new language. So again, no longer uh, the back door for the appraisal. That's got to be done by the loan approval period. The only out you still have after that is the property related conditions, which is still a good out because again, if the survey pops up with something. Um, then that gives the buyer an out to get the EMD back. So that is a good reason to stay under the financing contingency even if you're not approved for the loan and you decide to move forward the contract. Um, so keep that in mind. All right, so now as it relates to the FHA VA rider and the appraisal rider, we'll first cover rider E, which is for the FHA VA financing. And uh, that rider was actually revised some for the November 1 changes. Yeah, but it removed all of those seller paid, uh, obligated paid um, items. Right. So I liked that. Yeah, they gave a default of $250 cap on, mm -hmm. on those fees. But curiously, that's really the only thing they changed. They didn't address the appraisal mm -hmm. uh, language. So in the rider, there actually, actually is not a deadline for the appraisal. Um, for instance, in section three for FHA, it says, it is expressly agreed that notwithstanding any provisions of this contract, the purchaser, purchaser 
See if I can say that right. <laughs> so not be three, times fast. <laughs> three times fast. So not be obligated to complete the purchase of the property described herein. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, unless they get a statement from FHA that uh, is basically it appraises for the value of the property. There's a blank in there, but typically you write in the purchase price in that blank. So. Uh, and then section four has a similar language. Which is the VA part of that which writer. Which is the VA part. And again, it says, it is expressly agreed that notwithstanding any other provision of this contract, and then it goes on to say that the buyer can back out if basically it doesn't appraise. And get their money back. Yeah. It says value established by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, but it's based on their VA appraisal. So because of that first sentence in each section, and again, I'll quote it, it is expressly agreed that notwithstanding any other provisions of this contract, and then it goes on to give those contingencies for the buyer to be able to get out and get the EMD back if it doesn't appraise. That basically means that this language controls over the contract. So even though the contract, the main contract now has this appraisal deadline within the loan approval period, this overrides that. It says notwithstanding any other provision of the contract. So notwithstanding that new deadline, the VA uh, rider and the FHA rider has its own deadline. And as long as the appraisal comes in, if it's under the property value, regardless of when it comes in, because again, there's not a deadline referenced in that rider. If it doesn't this, appraise, the buyer can get out and get his EMD. This does not reference a loan approval though. Right. So, but they weren't approved based on the contract if that appraisal didn't come in at value. So under the financing contingency section, you're going to check the box for VA, FHA and VA, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to attach this rider. Mm -hmm. So this is like a supplement to that. This is part of the process to be approved for FHA, FHA, VA. Mm -hmm. And so because VA, they're not going to approve the loan if it doesn't appraise. So right. they're going to say, sorry, I didn't appraise, you're not approved. Just as they always would have done. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so the intent behind this rider as well, FHA and VA has always been designed to give the buyer, borrower more protection, right? Yeah, they can't lose their earnest money. Right. So with and that in... the buyers and sellers sign 15 documents stating that. Exactly. <laughs> <coughs> so with that intent in mind... It becomes more clear when you read the two together that they didn't revise anything else in this rider because they didn't want to interrupt the controlling language of that rider. The over, protection of yes. the um, VA rider. Exactly. So if you're on a contract and you have FHA, VA financing involved and you use this rider, the appraisal deadline and the main contract is overridden and you're subject to the rider. So your buyer is still protected. Uh, if the appraisal comes in and it, it doesn't appraise, the buyer can still get out and get his EMD back regardless of, of when the appraisal came in. And we may, um, <clears throat> probably don't need to say this, but just going to say it to have it out there. Um, when you have a VA buyer, make sure that you check that box in the financing section, yes. VA and and the writers, you need to make sure that you check that box so that makes this writer a part of your contract. Yes, that's right. Good point. Because Section 3 for FHA and Section 4 for VA on the writer both have check boxes. So you've got to check the box that applies. Which one it is and make sure that you check the boxes in the meat of the contract saying, I'm attaching this. It's a part of this contract. Yes. 
Can you check both boxes? VA and, FA and the FHA? Um, I am under the impression that you can. Yeah, you we, can approve we've, either one. We've seen contracts where every box is checked. Yeah, we're going to get something. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think you can, as the borrower, you can check both boxes and or keep those options open. as many as you open. want, but you're protecting yourself better if you only check one. Like if I need to get approved for a VA loan and I don't, then I don't have to move forward with this contract because I am saying I need a VA loan. Right, because VA typically has better terms than FHA zero down, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so if you really want VA, but you check both boxes and you don't get approved for VA, but you get approved for FHA, you're locked in. Because um, if you get approved and you still don't want to close, then you lose your EMD. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a situation like that recently where the buyer was trying to back out. The lender had approved the loan, the inspection deadline passed, the loan approval period had passed. And the buyer just didn't want to go through with it and thought they could get their EMD back. And I had to explain, sorry, no. you've been approved for the loan. So uh, actually, I'm sorry, they were still within the loan approval period, but the lender had already approved them and would not issue a declination letter. So they, they were stuck at that point because mm -hmm. the inspection period had expired and that would have been their only other out. Um, it was a right to cancel. But anyway, so, I digress. <laughs> but if the less boxes you check in that financing contingency area, the better for you. I mean, not the last, you want to check at least one. Um, right. Because a lot of contracts will just say, this is um, contingent on financing, and then they don't move forward and say conventional VA FHA. Right. Um, but if you say, I need like a VA loan at a 3% interest rate, and you don't get that, and you can't afford a 4% interest rate, then you don't have to move forward. Yeah, that's right. So, the flip side of being that specific though is it might make your offer less attractive to the seller versus other offers. So just, that's all stuff you gotta keep in mind in today's market. Well, and speaking to that, um, a lot of times people would think, sellers would think that a VA um, offer is not very attractive. But in these days with these appraisals taking so long, a VA appraisal has to get done within a, a certain time frame and they are actually getting done a lot faster than conventional appraisals That's a good point. these days. So maybe a VA offer is the most attractive. Yeah. So chances are they'll actually get the appraisal in before the yeah. loan approval period. Exactly. Even though it's VA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's touch quickly on the next contingency, the appraisal contingency. Okay. So this is the other writer that was not changed, but it still um, takes precedence over that appraisal contingency within the loan approval period. Yep. Um, it, it wasn't changed. It says um, that this contract is contingent upon the buyer obtaining a written appraisal um, on or before you can put in a blank or if left blank 10 days prior to closing, stating that the property has appraised and if it hasn't, then the buyer gets their money back. So right there, you have an inconsistent deadline on the appraisal contingency rider. It's 10 days before closing. Whereas under the main contract, this is 30 days after effective date or whatever, or whatever is written in the blank. Yeah. yeah. So again, you've got an inconsistency, but which one controls actually? This one, the, the writer uh, yep. controls because it makes changes to the contract. The contract right. doesn't make changes to this. Right. Exactly. And the other cool thing about the appraisal contingency is it actually has a blank for the amount that it has to appraise. So you can write whatever number you want in there. I'm going to buy it for 450 and I need it to appraise for 500. <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah. Now, granted, if you're on seller side, you're, you're probably going to kick that offer out. If you out. read your contract. If you read your contract. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but that's interesting on that writer is that you can actually put whatever number you want in that blank. Um, or in days and like it this, the purchase price that we have um, a lot of contracts lately will say um, buyer will pay five thousand dollars more than appraisal price if appraised less than. So you could yeah. also have this be blank. You could have a purchase price of four fifty and say you want it to appraise at at least four thirty. Yeah. That's true. If you leave it blank, it defaults to the purchase price. But if you wanted to specify a lower amount, then yeah, you could write that that's in. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to pay. Yeah, absolutely. Appraised value. Right. So that's a good point. Okay, so hopefully we've made it a little more clear now. Or a uh, little more muddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we made it more clear. So keep in mind, in general, anytime you have an addendum uh, or a writer, any language that's inconsistent between the contract and the writer slash addendum, the addendum or the writer is going to control. And so these are two perfect examples. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind if you're dealing with the, the new Farbar contract and you're under the financing contingency and you're dealing with either one of these writers, then you've got different appraisal criteria than under the main contract. And so this was a great topic. Thank you to whoever um, brought it our way. Yeah, we appreciate good. it very much. And uh, we hope to get more inquiries. Mm -hmm. So we have more stuff to talk about. Episode 20. You know what I noticed, Dion? What? That in episode 19 and episode 20, you like kind of got more casual. <laughs> You're always wearing a sports coat and now it's like sweaters. Yeah, well, it's winter time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm blaming it on. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, get a little more fancy for the next episode, okay. for episode 21. <laughs> yes, episode 21, we're having a party, so um, to maybe wear a tie even. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, as always, we'd love it for you to smash that like button and uh, like us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Again, shoot us a message with topics you'd love to hear. Or, or questions you, you might have. Or if you'd like to join us and uh, talk about cool real estate title topics. So cool. So cool. So interesting. All 10 of our listeners. That's right. <laughs> are well, very right. interested. Exactly. <laughs> we know at least one is because she posted those questions. Yay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So again, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Sayonara. Bye.